0: This is the Joe and Amber Podcast.
1: Reacting all show long to the news that John Morant has been suspended by the NBA 25 games for brandishing a weapon on Instagram Live. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercialInsurance.com. If you want to join the conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN. Right now on ESPN television, you can do what I'm doing. You can listen. Listen to it on silent, but watch the Gators right now up a run on Virginia in the College World Series. Go Gators. Had to get that update in there. Of course, you want to watch your television on silent, though, because you want to listen to Joe and Amber. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio to listen to us. So John Morant has been suspended by the NBA. Here's Brian Winhorst's ESPN NBA insider on first take today.
0: This is strike two. This is a very serious statement that's coming out from the NBA. Yeah, this is a second time Adam Silver has had to deal with this, and so what the NBA is trying to do here is avoid strike three, and strike three could be various things when it comes to what happens with the league, but also I think what the league is most concerned about is with him personally to be safe. To be safe, and I think that's one of the things that you know is the thing here is that this is. suspension and people are going to react to the number of games and people are going to react to everything like that but the overarching message here is probably the most important thing and it's that this has got to be the end because if something like this happens again there could really be a problem not just with John Morant's status in the league but also with John Morant's status in his personal life. A
1: few of you have been hanging on for a long time to talk about John Morant's suspension. We appreciate you very much. Bill, Bill is in Cleveland. Hey, Bill, Bill, thanks for the call. Go ahead.
2: Hey, so to preface this, my eight-year-old's favorite player is John Morant, and I don't want him handling a firearm or anything crazy like this, but I think this suspension is just crazy. Uh, He didn't violate any laws. He didn't break any laws. We live in a country that is very passionate about the Second Amendment, He is guilty of driving in a car, listening and singing to rap music and barely a firearm even showing up on, which is legal, on camera. So I don't know if you heard, Chris Paul is actually also going to get suspended today. He was caught obeying the law in a way the NBA doesn't like as well. And I can only imagine the penalty for that. That's a joke. It's satire. But that's the point. He didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything wrong. Uh, Joe Harden, I, sorry, James Harden, right now, I could bet, is in a strip club. And that's what John Morant got in trouble for the first time. So let's let's do a roll call. Well, Legal?
1: Right. Well, and thanks for the call. The first time it wasn't that he was in a strip club. That wasn't the problem. It was the brandishing of the weapon in a strip club. On social media So it was that It was again The whole weapon thing And I understand A lot of people Are going to have The attitude of that Caller Joe If it's not illegal What does it matter I guess for me Being in a job like this What I always think of Is if you have Certain jobs You can't just go do Everything that's Necessarily legal Either right Like yes Like the reality is ESPN would have A big problem If I'm doing A whole lot of things That are legal (laughs) On social media It's just the reality Of the situation I would lose my job doing a whole lot of legal things if I did them publicly on social media.
0: players in professional sports, actors, musicians, depending on the contracts they sign with individuals, myself right here, I'm not going to speak for you. I don't know the details. I have a morals clause in my contract. We all do. like like, yeah, exactly. Like I am allowed. I'm a twenty one year. i'm <laughs> I'm not a twenty one year old, but I am over twenty one. I can go ahead and drink alcohol. That's legal. I can't sit here pounding drinks on this radio show and on the TV show I do before this daily wager, ESPN 2, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Boom, that's how you plug. I can't go out there and get hammered and be sloppy all over the stage. It's legal to be drunk. I'm right here in Las Vegas. I'm allowed to drink, right? I'm not publicly intoxicated. Right now I'm inside a studio. But that would violate the morals clause, and that would lead to discipline. So I understand where he's coming from. 25 games seems like a lot. Wouldn't be 25 games if it hadn't already happened before. A lot of this punishment is rooted in the fact that, hey, we've already sat down with you. We've already talked to you. We've already disciplined you about this. You said we were good. You sent out a press release saying it was going to be different. And then you went out and did it almost immediately again. It's almost insulting to do something like that. Like, it's almost like you're daring them to see how they're going to come back at you. So there's 25 games, 7.6 million lost. How do you feel about that?
1: I would imagine even that caller, because again, people often have that attitude. Well, it's not something illegal. Well, it's probably not illegal for you to show up to your job and drink a beer either while you're sitting at your desk, but I'm guessing your boss would have a problem with it, right? Like, there's all sorts of things that we can't do within the boundary, even if you don't have a morals clause in your contract, within the bounds of your employment that may be a rule specific to your employer. And in the NBA, there's all sorts of rules specific to the employer. So yes, John Morant did not do anything illegal. He did do something that the NBA takes issue with and had made it clear to him before that they take issue with that behavior. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Chris is in Fort Myers. Hey Chris, go ahead.
3: Hi Amber, hi Joe. I try to listen every day. Thank you.
1: Appreciate you.
3: So the, the last guy, I, I agree that it's not illegal, but that's really not my issue with it. The, the handling of guns in a, in a way like that is just dangerous to everybody, including himself. I wouldn't suspend him for 25 minutes. Uh, that feels like it's uh, leaving him available to the bad elements and the bad influence in his life more than they already are. I would keep him around the team more than ever. I would have him in the facility. I would have him with the program. I would be trying to redirect him as often as possible. And secondly, I would have him spend the off season working in a trauma center uh, with gunshot uh, patients so that he can actually see firsthand the kind of damage that a weapon like that can do when it's not done, when when it does bad ba- something bad to someone. And, maybe get a real world sense of what he's actually pretending to know about. And that's my thought is sitting him out and leaving him in, to his own for all that time, a third of the season and all the off season without support of the team and the system seems like a really bad idea, first of all, and then get him some exposure into what that kind of behavior can actually lead to, you with his with his own two eyes.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, playing with a playing with a gun in a car with other people, which is essentially what he was doing. Like he was just but he wasn't handling it the best way, right? I mean, there is that component to this as well, but I think that that caller has an interesting point don't suspend him because you want to keep him around the team because you need to make sure that he's not being further influenced by the outside influences in his life if in fact you think that's the problem here. So that's an interesting approach because yes, Ja Morant now is gone for 30% of the season. Is he gone, left to his own devices for 30% of the season? And what does that mean? Is that correcting this problem? I don't love the idea of blaming Ja Morant's friends or Ja Morant's family. I've heard a lot of people doing that, like trying to bring his parents in to it because his parents also are pretty public uh, with, you know, John Moran being, being his games and all that kind of stuff. I don't love any of that. Like John Moran is a grown man. I, I mean, that is a grown ass man. I understand he's young and he's younger than a lot of us. He is a grown man. Most of us were in working professions by the time we were John Moran's age.
0: Accountability. Let's be accountable. All of us for everything we do in our lives. Let's be accountable don't push it off on anybody else don't blame other people don't make excuses be accountable for your actions and move from there point number two that's the second call we've gotten from fort myers florida tonight i used to live in the fort myers florida area I'm i right love the Fort road myers florida from fort myers love, Florida. no 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 you're in sarasota this is me speaking to my people you can speak to your <laughs> people an later. Hour
1: away go ahead
0: you can speak to your people i want to speak to the great people of fort myers florida i love you very much i didn't live there long but I loved my time there. I did some great drinking there. I met some wonderful people there. Don't listen to Miss Sarasota who thumbs her nose at you good people in the South. Where right?
1: hasn't Joe Fortenbaugh done some great drinking?
0: Love the people of Fort Myers. I love the fact that we're heard by so many down there. Let's, see, blo- who, let's see which other markets can step up and try to top Fort Myers. I'm blowing- I don't hear anyone calling from Sarasota.
1: I'm blowing through the clock right now. I'm going to Jim in Boston. Sorry, James. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Oh, boy.
3: Hey, so I would just say that, you know, if he if he had the strip gun strip club gun that happened in Massachusetts or the in the car gun, both of those things would be illegal. You can't be
0: brandishing a weapon in public or not have it secured in a lockbox in a
3: car. The other thing that I would say is that this isn't these are not the only incidents for him. He also has had The situation on the basketball court
0: with the high school kid, Mm -hmm. and he had the uh, situation at the mall with his mom, the laser at the Indiana Pacers bus. It's just it's becoming a regular thing for him. So people who think that twenty five games isn't enough, just wait. There'll be another incident where they suspend him again.
1: Uh, That's it's an excellent point that he has had other situations, other allegations, other things that have arisen, Joe, over the last year. It has been a tumultuous year, frankly. For John Morant. And these gun incidents are just two of the incidents. We didn't even mention several of those others that the caller alluded to. But there, right now, is a pattern here of just sort of incident after incident. None of it results in John Morant, you know, in jail or anything like that. Nobody's advocating for anything like that. But it's just these incidents adding up over time that the NBA is looking at and realizing, hey, we've got to do something about this because this isn't helping his brand and it's not helping our brand. And this guy was surprised supposed to be one of the faces of our league moving forward and he should be because he's wildly talented and hopefully he will get it all in the straight and narrow and maybe losing seven and a half million is going to do that for him we'll see coming up next michael jordan's time as the owner of the charlotte hornets is coming to an end we'll get into it joe and amber is on espn radio
0: joe and amber the podcast Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets
4: Pizza, better because it has to be.
1: Still up on Virginia. College World Series, it is the bottom of the fourth. They're up a run on Virginia. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Find him on social at Joe Fortenball. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Michael Jordan's tenure as an NBA owner is over, Joe. The Hall of Famer agreed on a sale of the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by the majority, the Hornets minority owner, Gabe Plotkin and Atlanta Hawks minority owner, Rick Schnall. The team announced today An agreement is expected to be signed here in the coming days. So it officially puts uh, the end to, I think, what, a 13-year run there of Michael Jordan as the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. Not the best owner in sports. Maybe the best basketball player of all time. Not the best owner of all time.
0: You know, I've heard a lot of that today. People taking their shots at Jordan, saying he didn't do a good job owning a team. LeBron's going to do a much better job. This is the only thing you need to know. All right? This is the only thing that matters. Jordan bought the team thirteen years ago in 2010 for 275 million. He sold it today for three billion dollars. <laughs> oh my God, three billion dollars. That means he made 209 million dollars per year wow. over the 13 years that he owned that team off this deal. That's what that breaks down to: is 209 billion a year. Goodness, Michael Jordan made became the first player in NBA history to make more than $20 million a year playing basketball. He finished with career earnings of about $90 million. Now, I know that sounds insane. How did he only make $90 million? It was a very, very long time ago. That was an insane amount of money. Michael Jordan, in the year 2020, all right, I don't know what he's done post-2020, but from the start of his time with Nike until 2020, he had made $1.3 billion from Nike, and he's made a lot more since. And now he just made close to $3 billion on this sale of the Hornets. So, sure, maybe the Hornets didn't win a lot of games. Maybe they didn't win a championship. But Michael Jordan continues to win at every single turn.
1: He certainly continues to win in terms of his pocketbook. I do wonder. So, for overall legacy, though, and to me... It doesn't matter at all what Jordan did as an owner. To me, the people who think Jordan is better than LeBron, who think Jordan's the greatest, are still going to think Jordan's the greatest, regardless of whatever LeBron goes on to do in ownership in the future. But do you think it matters in terms of overall legacy talk? If LeBron goes on one day to own an NBA team, and he wins multiple rings doing so, he's got five rings out of his 15-year tenure as the owner of whatever NBA NBA team. Whereas Jordan got a whole lot of nothing for 13 years, except for some zeros in his bank account.
0: So that'd be interesting because then we could phrase the question is who's better at basketball, not playing basketball. Who's just better at basketball. And maybe some of the argument with Jordan going to six finals and winning all six, maybe there are some people that'll still be in that camp. The LeBron camp will point to God knows how much information is out there to support him with everything he's done statistically throughout his career. But then if he gets a team and he finds a way to win with that team, it becomes the better owner. And we ask the big picture question, who's better at basketball? Suddenly it starts to swing a lot more towards LeBron. Now let's also remember Jordan's deal with Nike, one of the all-time endorsement deals. Jordan opened up the door for everybody after him to go cash in big time. On their name image and likeness jordan was the original name image and likeness with those deals especially the nike one so i think that still puts him in another stratosphere but lebron i the thing with jordan how much did he actually care i never heard him speak to this day you never hear him speak as the owner was he involved at all did he handle a lot of the hirings or did he just own the team hang out and watch courtside and just leave it to everybody else
1: well this is why for me the conversation about legacy when we start involving their ownership falls short because I have a hard time I mean there are good owners and there are bad owners but you think of the good owners more in terms of the financial components and what they do for the fan experience and are they willing to spend money on their team you don't really think of Good owner, like they're making actual personnel decisions for the most part. Now, I know there's owners like the Mark Cubans of the world that are more involved than other owners, right? But the reality is that an owner is an owner. They're not the general manager, typically. They're not the coach. They're not so involved that you give them the credit, or certainly not all the credit, or even most of the credit, when there are championships that are actually won. Like the owner's name is sort of the last name on that list, even though for some reason at championship trophy presentations we let them speak first that's always been kind of a weird thing nevertheless it's the stars on the team it's the coaching staff it's the front office and then it's the owner that we get to in terms of credit so even if lebron wins four as an owner i don't not sure it has any bearing to me I, like I, I might just think he hires better like all right okay so let's let's look at it in reverse jordan and a better let's general re-
0: manager let's reverse engineer it instead of giving them credit how do you feel about Daniel Snyder and Washington? Do you think their well, performance related at all to him as an owner?
1: Yes, I mean, you could make that argument so we could I, spend that because a it's t- yeah, it's top down where he's setting an entire culture and tone. For a franchise, obviously with Daniel Snyder, there's so many other problems or so many work problems with the (laughs) allegations and everything else. And then, yes, that does permeate into the performance of the team on the field. I I do agree that there is some semblance of that. And also, when you have a terrible owner, it's hard to trust that they're going to be any good at hiring anyways, because clearly they're bad at decision making period and bad at decision making when it comes to business. Michael Jordan wasn't that as an owner. He just didn't win the championships, right? And so if LeBron goes on to win some championships, I'm not sure anyone's changing their mind. If you liked LeBron better, you probably still like LeBron better. If you think Jordan is the GOAT, you probably still think Jordan's the GOAT.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: Just a moment, we're going to find out what's a big deal and what's not a big deal. LeBron is a really cryptic, instagram post up right now what does it mean is it a big deal we'll get into all of that in just moments but first joe fort is known for his betting advice let's get to
0: it pizza money alert pizza pizza first one out of the gates looking nice as the red sox are up 10-1 on the yanks how about some more action on the diamond later tonight it's the padres minus 110 over the tampa bay rays Ooh, Shane McClanahan's pitching for the race tonight. Very scary. He's been fantastic this year. He's the front runner to win the Cy Young for a reason. But there are some indicators in the advanced metrics that regression is coming. I won't bore you with the details. Still going to be great. But remember, this Padre lineup hits left-handed pitching very, very well. Now to the other side of the equation. You Darvish pitching for San Diego. ERA north of four this season. So that's why the game is priced the way it is. But look at the home road splits. Darvish stinks on the road. You bet against him there. He's 619 as an ERA. 619 is his road ERA. At home this year, 2.68. At home last year, 2.6 flat. He is a very good home pitcher, but they're pricing him as if he's just a bad pitcher or average pitcher in general. Take advantage of this mistake. Padres minus 110 over the Rays. It's making headlines. Extra, extra. Read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Joe and Amber?
1: Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in to an AL East rivalry tomorrow night as the Red Sox host the Yanks. Coverage begins at 6:30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. James Steele, hello.
4: Hi. Yeah, we're going to play big deal, not a big deal. Pretty easy. Uh, I'll give you a story. You tell me if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Uh, first, right out of the gate. Um, Joe, big deal or not a big deal that uh, Amber can't get into her brand new iPad because oh, she forgot on. the the, <laughs> the voice of the younger generation of this show, mind you. I <laughs> cannot get into her iPad, brand new iPad, because she doesn't know the code. Big deal, not a big deal.
0: I'm not going to comment on that. I have her back. We're partners. And things were said off air that you are now trying to bring on air to put her I in shared a life. shared a personal story
1: this seeking advice. This is very unsavory from clearly the wrong people right. when I revealed that I had a brand new iPad that I had programmed a code into, hadn't even finished setting it up. So it's not linked to any of my other devices and then promptly forgot the code. And I don't know what to do because I don't know now how to ever use this brand new iPad again.
0: Also, James it is Seals a big deal to reveal because it she me. made me seem like I was so old earlier <laughs> and she's so young and hip, even though she's basically my age. And uh, I do yeah, like how I branded
1: out. myself as like the voice of the younger generation on right. this show yeah. when our board op Nick Cardi is like 15 years younger than me.
0: <laughs> I definitely relate more to uh, Joe's sentiments, but Amber does thing. like You're try to tap in. I don't to want,
1: I I don't feel want like I'm older to than I sentence. feel like I'm younger than Nick and he's <laughs> so much younger than me.
0: I don't, what, what's wrong with that, Joe? Did I offend you? I don't you? want you relating to my sentiments. I want you staying in your generation and me staying in my okay, generation. Okay, boys, clean it up. You, he bet on the Yankees tonight. He heard me bet on the Red Sox, so he chose to go against me, and now he's getting punished. Down 10-1. Ten i do it again. One. I would place Who the bet again. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Let's All get right. back on track here.
4: All right, big deal, not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. I mean, Nick Curry
1: getting his butt handed to him big like deal. That
4: is, Big <laughs> deal. He yeah, that's like a big deal. deal. <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible uh, decision by him. The Warriors are staying in-house to replace Bob Myers, hiring team executive Mike Dunleavy Jr. as their new general manager. Amber, big deal, not a big deal.
1: Uh, I I mean, I guess I'll say not a big deal, right? I, I think that this is them wanting to ensure That they still have the familiarity with the organization. This is business as usual moving forward. I think it's probably a good move to stay in-house instead of bringing somebody from the outside in. Clearly, they've had a lot of success there over the years. Clearly, this is somebody who will be familiar with how they reached a lot of that success with the culture that they have built there in Golden State. I think overall, not, not a huge deal, Joe, because I'm not surprised by the move.
0: I think it's a big deal. Amber's made great points. It's clear that Dunleavy was groomed in this role. I know that word has a completely different connotation now, but I'm using it in a way that I think people can understand. They were grooming him. They were bringing him up. He understands how the organization works. They clearly like him. So I I get all that. I'm not against any of that. I do find it a bit surprising, though, that with the Golden State Warrior era that we've all come to know, about to end and about to go through some changes – They didn't want to bring in an outside voice and maybe take on a fresh perspective. I do find that to be interesting because they've always been all about diversity of opinion, diversity of thought, creativity, sharing ideas. And they're really just bringing someone up who was molded in their ways and they're turning it over to them. Not saying it's a bad move. I'm just finding it to be a curious move.
1: In fairness, though, it's not exactly like they wanted Bob Myers to leave, right? I mean, it felt like... Right. It felt like it was Bob Meyers' choice to depart. So I don't know if Golden State as a franchise and the ownership there was looking for some sort of new voice in the building or fresh perspective, frankly. I almost feel like they were just trying to emulate what Bob built. And they're doing that with a guy who's been with them since 2018.
4: All right. uh, On to probably the biggest news of the week. Uh, After 41 years of hosting Wheel of Fortune... Pat Sajak announced he'd be retiring from the show following the 2023 2024 season. Joe, big deal or not a big deal.
0: How much time you got? I could talk about this all oh my long. I talk
1: about this. You mean throw out your resume for the job?
0: I am not worthy of that job. I how you dare want you. It though, how dare so you bad. think I could fill those shoes? And God, I would love to. I went down a Pat Sajak rabbit hole. This is a huge deal. This guy might have the all-time job of all-time jobs. He made $14 million a year on Wheel of Fortune. Now, some people would think of that as like, ah, that's not that much. He works 36 days a year. The show tapes episodes nine months of the year, and they work four days a month. He flies in. They tape a bunch of episodes over two days. He flies out. He comes back two weeks later. He does it again, and then he flies out. He doesn't even have to live in L.A., $14 a year for that. And I also found out that licensing his name and image to the Wheel of Fortune slot machines makes him more than $14 million a year as well. So he's well over $30 million a year working 36 days a year. This is a huge deal. This is one of, if not the greatest jobs ever on the planet that's about to open up. The fact that someone like Chris Carlin would think he could throw his name into the hat for a job of that prestige embarrasses me the company, (laughs) all the way up to the top at Disney. Shame on you, Carlin, Carlin, for putting yourself in that conversation. Shame on you.
1: So Pat Sajak makes about a million dollars every single day that he works because he works so few days a year. That is a remarkable job. But I'll see your Pat Sajak as the greatest job in America and I'll raise it a Vanna White because Vanna White makes, Ah, what, $10 million. And I would say that maybe her job is even a better job on that show because she doesn't have to do much in terms of... Interacting with the actual contestants. With the idiots, yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Like she's more insulated from some of the idiots. You you said it, not me. So she may have the best job, still makes ten million dollars a year. Vanna's got it pretty good. Those two are obvious icons, they're staples. It is a huge deal. That he has decided to hang it up all these years and whoever gets that job, I would imagine is not going to be paid maybe quite like Pat Sajak, but still probably paid quite handsomely. Can Steve Harvey do it? Like he's just going to host every game show ever. I mean, Steve Harvey's really
0: good at game shows. Really good at game shows. He's really
1: great at Family Feud. He really is.
0: I mean, all-time great great duos, Kobe and Shaq versus Pat Sajak and Vanna White. I I think it's Sajak and White.
1: Yeah, Hobie and I, Shaq
0: I think, didn't, do that mu- didn't do as much. Nearly, no, And
1: as- they had a falling out at the end. And Sajak right. and Vanna White have made it all of these years. You
0: almost have to wonder. Can't have that conversation. No.
1: Right. Do, 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 what are you uh-huh. Stop. James, what are we doing? What's next, James? <laughs> uh, Yeah, I got
4: to save us from that. All right. Thank so you. Le- LeBron James uh, posted a picture of himself on Instagram with the caption today of, quote, in Europe for the last past few weeks, minding my business.
2: And I yeah, hear right. Right.
0: And I nope, hear. do
1: yeah, That is so true. He hosted Already 24 hours
0: at Le Mans. That is not minding my own business. There's nothing
1: about LeBron minding his own business.
4: Go ahead though. And I and I hear I mind your mind that much, huh? 3 question marks. I mean, I guess I see why. Shruggy emoji. <laughs> but but wave the flag on these lames. 2 exclamation marks. Please make being player cool again. Cause the lame machine is at an all-time high enjoy your light but just know i'm the sun in all caps i stay on forever oh. winky face salutey face pray hands uh are you embellishing emoji. any
0: of this or is that actually no that's all the it.
4: Message?
1: He's not that's actually that's the message. all oh my god Including the how much time does that guy have um,
4: big, a lot, is this whatever he's this is europe whatever this is amber big deal not a big
1: deal i, I don't no. I don't is, what I don't know what kind of deal this is because I don't understand what he's referring to is he salty because a reporter introducing Michael Malone at a championship parade took a shot at the Lakers calling the nuggets the Lakers daddy is that what he's salty about if you're a LeBron who else is talking about LeBron right now and what is he talking about making player being a player fun again or something making a player but I don't know what any of this means other than LeBron thinks he's the son Joe and we already knew that. So that in and of itself is not a big deal.
0: He just hosted or was the marshal, I don't know what the term is, the 100th year of Le Mans, the 24 hour of Le Mans race that Ferrari ended up winning. In this country it doesn't mean a lot. It's a pretty big deal around the rest of the world. So think about this for a second. You're LeBron James, you're the greatest basketball player that's ever lived, you're a cultural icon, you have more money than you could ever count. Your life is fantastic you're over in Europe, you are the marshal of one of the most iconic events to take place on this planet, and yet you're still on social media worried about what people might be saying back in America. Why? Why would you choose to give your time to that? Why would you choose to allow your mind to get caught up in that? Don't you just want calm and peace? I hate when I see things like this because I feel like he's just so much better than dealing with this crap. And he still gets dragged into it.
1: LeBron has never been above it. He has never ever. He is the king of subtweeting. He is the king of petty. He has never been above any of this. And he is always King Petty when he is on vacation in Europe every year. I mean, it is undefeated. LeBron and cryptic Instagram posts from some sort of mega yacht in Europe trying to get all of our attention. And you know what? Damn sure worked, didn't it? Joe and Amber just talked about it. He's probably
0: bored. That's the thing. He's probably bored. He is probably such a perfectionist who puts in so much time and work. He can't possibly enjoy a vacation. He probably can't really. just sit there and relax. And I can understand that. I really can.
1: Coming up now, I mean, I can't understand it because I certainly can sit there yeah, and no, relax. We know.
0: We saw the but... pictures of the yacht you were on a couple of weeks ago. We I mean, know I'm that you have no problem you
3: know relaxing. No yacht one's yacht accusing of days, you of anything. True. Coming up. How next. else is
4: she supposed to get off of her like private island? It I mean, is she has true. to travel somehow. I
1: live on an island. I mean, there's a lot of water around me. It is an important p- proposition to get off the island. You yeah. have to use some sort of vehicle to do that. Typically, if they float, <laughs> it works better. Your turn to weigh in next when the phone lines open up here on Joe and Amber. 888 say ESPN 888 seven two nine three seven seven six how do you feel about the john morant suspension what the hell is lebron james talking about on instagram anything you got for us the gators right now up on virginia go gators whatever you got joe and amber's on the espn
0: joe and amber the podcast
1: Phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber Triple Eight. Say ESPN 888 729 3776. If you want to join the conversation, we appreciate you for it. You can also find us on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. We'll get to your phone calls in just moments. But first, Joe's got some last bit of advice.
0: Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. UFC Fight Night tomorrow at the Apex. It's on ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. You can catch that. Also, we're going to have Red Sox-Yankees coverage here on ESPN Radio Saturday and Sunday. Saturday 6, Sunday 6.30. Here we go. Main event, Marvin Vittori, minus 125 over Jared Canoneer. I'm a little bit surprised this is priced as closely as it is. I thought Vittori would be somewhere around minus 150, given all the edges he has. Superior ground game, 10 years younger, better cardio, and this is a five-round fight, so that matters even more, better striking defense. The only thing Cannoneer has over him, at least in my opinion, is power. He's a more powerful striker. But Vittori has an iron chin, absolutely iron, so he's going to be able to take some shots. So let's go. Marvin Vittori in the main event of UFC Fight Night tomorrow night, minus 125 over Jared Cannonier. 13 Black Odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber.
1: Triple H, say ESPN if you want to join the conversation. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in to an AL East rivalry Sunday as the Red Sox host the Yankees. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Let's spin the wheel. jeffy jeffy's in new mexico hey jeffy thanks for the call go ahead
2: uh yes i love the show uh, joe
0: and that's a shame
1: ah uh, your phone line great jeffy. state of new mexico well there's in the you know who knows where in New. i've driven through the state of new mexico numerous times joe there are areas For the cell service, Lowe's body in that state. It is a
0: wide open state. I drove through there during a lightning storm once. It was incredible to witness. Taos, New Mexico is supposed to be lovely from what I understand.
1: Uh, Sure. I could not tell you where I was other than San Antonio, but I could not really tell you where. When you just drive on some of those road trips, I drove once from Los Angeles to Miami Whoa. and hit a whole bunch of destinations. Yeah. Down that's, that
0: way. I've done San Diego to the Naples Fort Myers area. So oh my I know God. that drive very well across the south. I did not realize it took so long to get across Texas. That drive, yes. I think it's across 10, literally enters in El Paso, yes. exits in Beaumont, Texas. It takes the entire day yep. to get through it. And you don't see anything when you're going nope. east until you get to like Houston.
1: Except for San a Antonio lot of cops. actually.
0: San Antonio comes up first. A lot of first.
1: speed traps in Texas. I do remember that. So, we were just Did you playing. get pulled over? Uh no, I actually did not get pulled over on that road I trip. I did.
0: I did. And Texas. the guy was in a cowboy hat of and course. he actually just told me to slow down and let me go on my way. So, great people of Texas. <laughs> Joe Fornball is a fan.
1: I've generally had some bad luck when I've gotten pulled over which I feel like How is that what possible? most people would expect. I got pulled over once by a cop in a Santa hat here on Alligator Alley, uh, down in uh-huh. between Miami and the west coast of Florida, he was in a Santa hat because it was Christmas, and he still gave me the ticket.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing? Were you just driving too fast? Just
1: yeah, just just speeding. That That's crazy, is shot Not a crazy cruel. driver. And then he said Merry Christmas as he handed me the ticket. That's not. Don't do that. On his way out. I, I promise you.
4: What were the words that you just said? You got pulled over by a cop in a Santa hat yes. in Alligator Alley. That's All on you Alligator, Alley. Alligator
0: Alley.
1: On Alligator Alley. If you've yes. ever driven around Florida, you know Alligator Alley. It's, it's the highway
0: that runs west, east, east, west. It, yeah. You enter it in Naples, and it takes you across the state, so that's how you get to Herbie beloved Miami. That's how you get Miami.
1: to Fort Lauderdale or Miami.
0: Just yeah. a lot to take in there. Okay. A
1: lot to take in. Uh, Merry Christmas. I did not find it amusing uh, when the officer did that. But, yeah, I've generally had some uh, some bad luck. I've really Shocking that they would hand well. you
0: a ticket given, you know, your general smiley, friendly nature. Doesn't so work they see well me, think. I think they know I'm a prick. <laughs> they, I, I reek of prick. They, It's like anyone who comes in contact with me, it's like this guy's getting the maximum.
1: I have found that when I've been pulled over – That they're not even, like, they're already ready when they walk up to the window. Like, they're not even trying to engage. You can't persuade them. Yes. They're not even there to be persuaded, because I'm sure most people are going to waste their time trying to persuade them. Right. So I have found that, also not my move. I'm not much of a kiss-ass. No? really not, no, it's not my strength. That actually doesn't
0: shock me all that much.
1: Yeah, it's not my strength.
0: Okay, don't feel bad about it. That's okay.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the best. I'm not the best suck up. You know, like how you suck up to James every time we do jury duty and it's why James. Always I don't rules see it, it that favor. way, but sure.
0: Who Except won today? For
1: today? I got the rare ruling on jury duty. If you missed anything here on Joe and Amber, you can check out the mm-hmm. podcast on the mm-hmm. ESPN app. But typically Joe sucks up before we do jury duty. It works. James rules in his favor. I'm not much of a suck up.
4: No, I don't think that's how it goes. I think usually you insult me. And just by comparison,
1: it's a little of that a little, a little nice of that sprinkle in there yeah no I'm not, James how big of an
0: idiot do you feel ruling in her favor earlier in the show tonight yeah i feel pretty <laughs> dumb now no, she you knew no she's gonna backs. do that to you she always does that no it's actually backs. very slick she dusts you on the way in and then she'll burn you later and yet you'll still give her 50 percent of the wins
1: i'm sour then i'm sweet or i'm sweet
0: this has been the joe and amber podcast You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius
2: XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.